Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm joined with Pastor Hayden. Hey, hey. I'm a little disappointed. I was expecting a funny noise. Not this time. All right. (laughs) Well, here at Compass Bible Church Life Group Leaders, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our mission, and that is our job. And how do we do that? We reach people for Christ, teach people to be like Christ, and train people to serve Christ. And everything that we do here, if it's Camp Compass or this podcast, is to fulfill that mission to make disciples by reaching, teaching, and training. Well, Life Group Leaders, we our current series are one-off sermons, and this is the final one-off sermon until our next book of the Bible, which, should we tell them what it is? We now? should. What is it? We're going to be studying the book of Jonah. Not this Sunday. Not this Sunday. N- next Sunday, we're going to start an eight-week series in the book of Jonah called, called Summer at Sea. Summer at Sea. That's right. But this week, we are going to have a message on preaching. And it is uh, important that every so often we take some time uh, in service to preach on preaching. It sounds kind of funny. Why is that? It does sound funny. It sounds funny, but the, the benefit of preaching on preaching is people come every single week to hear the preaching. And if we don't preach on why it's important that we're preaching, uh, it'll oftentimes become a rote or more of a liturgical thing uh, and less of a meaningful thing. And so what we want to make sure that we're going to do uh, regularly at Compass is to preach on preaching. And hopefully uh, through doing that over a few years and throughout the history of our church, it'll uh, be a great benefit or profit for our church, which is the uh, title of our sermon is The Prophet of Preaching, the F-I-T, not the P-H-E-T. Uh, and so we are going to be preaching on the prophet of preaching through Second Timothy three sixteen through chapter 4, verse 2. Pastor Evan, would you read that text for us? It'll be my pleasure. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. All right, well, Pastor Hayden, there's a lot there. There's a familiar text in there and also mm. not so familiar text mm-hmm. in there. And so now combined, we can see the full picture. So what is the point of your sermon? Well, the point that we're going to be looking at this weekend is preaching is an indispensable tool for any Christian who has a genuine desire to grow in their faith. And we're going to be looking and zooming in. Uh, and out of that preaching, out of the text, we're going to come away with Three points, and point number one is we need to affirm the inspiration of the Bible, and that may sound like an academic term, it's actually a Latin term, uh, into the English. Well, we're going to learn that stuff this on Sunday during the service, so don't uh, feel like you're going to miss anything out listening to this podcast before service, because we're going to be jumping into that uh, this weekend, and if you've listened to this after the weekend sermon, you're going to know. We talked uh, in depth about the inspiration of the Bible, but it's fundamental an important uh, basic part of the Christian faith is that we believe that the Bible is breathed out by God. So that's the first point. The second point is that we need to, because it is God's breathed word to us, we must utilize the Bible as our compass. 
And that is why we are called Compass Bible Church, because we're a church. The Bible is our compass, and we use it to direct our lives. And then thirdly, we need to be intentional about in taking the preached word, or I put it point number three, you need to intentionally intake the preached word. Uh, because uh, we have the word of God that's breathed out to us and it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, uh, it also stands to reason because it says it in chapter two of, or chapter four and verse two, you need to reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Uh, all these are combined, right? If the scripture is breathed out and it's profitable for these things, then that means as it's being preached, it is also profitable to do those exact things. And so we got to make sure that, uh, that as your pastors that we're preaching to repro- reprove, rebuke, and exhort, which means to encourage, uh, and we do that with patience and complete teaching, uh, because that's what the Bible does. And so those are the three things that we're going to focus in on uh, this week as we look at the indispensable tool of preaching God's Word. All right, Pastor Hayden, if you have a, usually like a Greek lexicon or a study Bible or commentary, there's some deeper things you can read these words and go, you can nod our head as Christians and go, mm-hmm. yeah, I get this, I understand. But there's some helpful insights that we need to have, especially as life group leaders, as we are going to be talking through this in our life groups this week. Mm-hmm. What are some of the helpful insights that you have uh, for us with this text that best equip us to lead our life groups this week? Yeah, so there is a lot of uh, Greek language in here that has become historically significant for the Christian church. I mean, we have creeds based on so much of what we see in this very text. Uh, and But most of this we're going to address on Sunday. There are two things that I, I want to look at specifically that I will talk about on Sunday, but not as much. And that is just the last two words uh, in the Greek uh in verse 2 of chapter 4, and that is complete patience and teaching. Uh, We have to see and understand that as a church, as we preach, uh, we're not just preaching the hard edges of truth uh, and shunning anyone who doesn't fully adhere to everything that happens uh, and have and without the grace and mercy that comes with the gospel. Because here it says that when we preach, we are reproving, right? We are rebuking and exhorting, but it's with complete patience. Well, why would I have to be, have be patient about that? Because people aren't always going to listen. People aren't always going to heed the, the reproof or the rebuke or the exhortation. And so we have to be patient. It's that word macrothemia, and it's the same Greek word that we see uh, how God is patient with us. When, when we sin, although we know the law, we know the commands, we know what God has said, but yet we fail. And so when we're preaching, and as our church focuses on expository preaching and looking at God's Word as central to our lives, we do it, though, with macrothemia, with patience, and we do it with teaching. And so when we recognize that people are not heeding to the words that we say, as leaders, you need to understand uh, the lack here is teaching. right? And I always tell our staff this, if people aren't doing what you're asking, there's a lack of training. There's a lack of teaching, right? And, and that is what we see here. Uh, when we see a lack of, of faithfulness in our church or a lack of commitment uh, in your life group, really what it is is a lack of teaching. And that's why we see here we do all these things as pastors, even as church leaders, with complete patience, the patience of God, and complete teaching 
of the Word of God. And so that's a helpful insight specifically for you leaders as you see, hey, this is how we go about preaching. We, we preach the whole Word of God, and we do it with patience and, uh, and complete teaching. All right. Well, you have another note here, Pastor mm-hmm. Aiden, uh, talking about in the but about the scriptures and a lot of the times people will say that second Timothy is referring to the old Testament, mm-hmm. not the new. Well, you mentioned like, but no, this is including the new Testament. Right. Yeah. Uh, you are going to hear this. And historically when this was written, it, it is a true statement, right? Uh, when we see in verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God. Well, what is all scripture? Well, obviously they didn't have the new Testament. Uh, or especially in its entirety, by the time Second Timothy comes along, you do have the Gospels in circulation. Some of the letters were circulating, but you didn't have the canon of Scripture, especially the New Testament. You did not have that canon uh, that we have. We open up the Bible and say, hey, this is our Bible. They didn't have that. But yet it says all Scripture here. So a lot of we are all left with the question, what was Scripture? And so one of the... Uh, one of the problems that you're going to run into is people are going to, people would look at this and say, well, that doesn't include the New Testament, just the Old Testament. Well, not so fast, because although that could be a historically accurate statement, even the apostles and Timothy and Paul uh, saw the New Testament as Scripture. And I'll give you a couple of, uh, of Scriptures that show you uh, that even in the New Testament times, although uh, there weren't all the canonical New Testament books they did still see many of the New Testament books already in the first century as uh, authoritative scripture. The first one is 2 Peter 3, 15 through 16, when the apostle Peter is talking uh, uh, to the church there, and he says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all of his letters, when he speaks in them and of these matters. Now, there are some... Uh, things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Did you see that? Uh, Peter just elevated the writings of Paul and the letters of Paul uh, equal with the, the other scriptures. Like they, they twist these just like they do the other scriptures. And so even here, we see Peter elevating uh, the New Testament documents and New Testament letters to the churches on equal footing as the other scriptures. That's not the only place. You also see in 1 Timothy 5.18, we see Paul saying to Timothy, For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the the ox when it treads out the grain. One of my favorite scriptures. Uh, Because that comes from Deuteronomy 25.4. But then he says, And you can't keep from the laborers the wages that they deserve. Well, here's the problem. You don't find that in the Old Testament. That uh, is actually from Luke chapter 10 verse 7. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 7, it says, Jesus says this, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. That's the only place in scripture that's found. And so we understand that the gospel of Luke is in the New Testament. And since it's in the New Testament, it wasn't in the Old Testament, but you still see Paul reading the gospel of Luke because it's scripture. And he reads it authoritatively as scripture and even connects it with Deuteronomy 25, 4. And so there's just a a quick apologetic for you to see that when we read this and people may uh, object to say, well, what was scripture at that time? Well, even at that time, they saw New Testament documents, New Testament letters, and the gospels as authoritative, God 
breathed uh, scriptures. And so that's a really good uh, quick analysis and apologetic for you. I hope is really helpful for you as life, creator, life group leaders as you're leading your groups this week. Okay, so now we have an understanding that you know, the word of God is is from God. So we have that apologetic ready for life groups. But then what help us make the connection of how this is. And I know you don't break it down in your sermon, but for us as life group leaders, okay, this is the word of God, but then how is this profitable? And in what ways can we see this? I mean, I, I can think of maybe Acts 14.1, or as we're reading the daily Bible reading in the New Testament, the apostles, especially Peter, uh, Peter and Paul, are going around and, and preaching, and we're seeing this change. And so help, if we're going to have this discussion in our life groups, how can we help lead, lead our life group to say, you know, this is the Word of God, but then this is how it's profitable, and this is how we see that in Scripture? Well, it starts from the fundamental truth that God created the universe, right? God created the universe. The creator of the universe, the designer of the universe, has created everything, and then he tells us how we relate to the universe. And so how is it profitable? It's profitable in every way because it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness because the same God of the universe has then gave us a manual of how we interact with him and all of creation. And so the problem is, is people try to interact with creation and God in a way that is, does not come from God's word and God's direction or the compass that we call the Bible. And so it's helpful that we even see in our DBR connection here in Acts 14.1, uh, people entered together at the synagogue and they heard preaching and a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. I mean, that's why we preach, because we understand that God relates to his people and desires to relate to his people. Uh, and he, always, he also has this manual, this compass for us to understand how God has created the universe and how he expects us to relate to the universe with his objective propositional truth that we call the Bible. And so it is profitable in every way. Well, speaking of which, we are going to be diving in as life groups and as life group leaders into the application questions, which is diving into God's word. So what direction do you have for us life group leaders as we prepare to lead our life groups this week with these questions? You may think as you look at these, and I hope it doesn't cross your mind too much, that these are oversimplified or that these are so simple or, you know, it's hard for me to be devotional with these questions because they are uh, elementary. And I, I hope that isn't your uh, thought process in this, uh, because uh, as so many in history, uh, so many greats in history in every field, uh, they understand how important and pivotal it is to come to, to a grasp of the fundamentals regularly if they're going to do their job well. And for us, we can never, as a church, become faithful, become uh, good stewards of what God's entrusted us, or to uh, grow in our faith and our mission here at Compass Bible Church to reach people if we, if we balk on this one simple truth, that God's Word is the Bible is breathed out by Him and is useful for us to disseminate, to, tr to teach people, and to reprove and correct people, and to restore people. It's so fundamental. And so when you're going through these application questions, I truly desire you to take the time and look at these and say, like question two, why is affirming that the Bible is God-breathed fundamental to the Christian faith? Because many people that you talk to do not believe that. They don't believe that to be a Christian means that I have to believe that the Bible is breathed out by God. And as a matter of fact, the second part of that question, they don't see a problem in saying that some of the Bible is inspired, but not all of it. 
What's the problem with that? And I want you as a life group leader and everyone in our life groups to take time to answer questions like that because that's the questions that people are both asking and the questions that people are object- objecting to in our culture that we live in today. And so that's why we preach on preaching, because it's important for us every now and again to get back to this fundamental truth of why we do what we do every single week. Because if it's not the Word of God, why are we here? If, if I and Pastor Evan aren't preaching the Word of God, then we're preaching something completely different. So why, why are we here? And so that is why we often are going to preach on preaching, because we need to know what we're doing here. And we're not here to hear the opinions of man uh, based on some uninspired, ungod-breathed document. Uh, if that's the case, I'll go grab Harry Potter, and I'll go exposit Harry Potter and apply that to our lives. But we don't, because it's uh, intrinsically different. It's quantitatively and qualitatively different because what the Bible does is it tells me, it gives me uh, these commitments about itself. It gives me uh, truth claims, and it gives me this self-authenticating message about its content that no other book gives me. And so I have to take those truth claims and that self-authenticating message, corroborate it, and I do that through Scripture, Right? And I do that through the reality that the Bible has upheld its, uh, its integrity for uh, millennia. And through those things, I understand why I show up to church every single week to hear the Word of God. Awesome. Well, Pastor Hayden, what are a couple of resources that we can have to help us deepen our apologetic or understanding of how, where did the Bible come from and can I trust it? Uh, one that I am reading right now, just because I think it's easy, I'm, I'm reading it to... Uh, give a, a good resource and an easy read to our church is Seven Reasons Why You Can Trust the Bible by Erwin Lutzer. 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 If you're really German, it's Erwin Lutzer. <laughs> yeah, Erwin Lutzer. Uh, it's, a, it's an easy read. I encourage you to both read that and recommend it to your life group as just uh, a really good uh, volume that they can add to the library. Pastor Evan, you read one in seminary, at least an abridged one here. Uh, What what would you encourage our church to read? It's a book by a uh, professor at Southern uh, Seminary, Timothy Paul Jones, writing a book called How We Got the Bible. It's a very helpful uh, surface level, uh, just history of how we got the Old Testament and New Testament, why they're the Word of God. So very helpful, 30,000 foot view, highly recommending it to your life group and also to have on your bookshelf. And I know that many uh, people within the church actually read this uh, before we actually showed up uh, as a church plant. So it's a very helpful book to understand how on earth to get this Bible. All right. So we are going to jump into our training session, uh, a portion of uh, this week's Life Group Leader podcast. And we are looking at spiritual leadership. And I'd like to take you guys to page 59 through 64. And what you're going to see there is you're going to see in that chapter entitled The Essential Qualities of Leadership. And we just want to talk through one of those qualities because the chapters are getting a little longer as we're jumping into the book, which is such a good thing. Uh, But the first quality we're going to look at that I really want you guys to think through and internalize uh, is the quality of discipline. Uh, there's a couple of great quotes here, uh, but what I like, uh, one I liked a lot was, a leader is a person who has learned to obey a discipline imposed from without, that is, uh, of people and leaders and uh, extrinsic things that have imposed them a regimen of discipline, and has then taken on a more rigorous discipline from within. So you take that discipline that's been given to you without, but then you've committed yourself to a deeper discipline within, 
And it says, Those who rebel against authority and scorn self-discipline, who shirk the rigors and turn from the sacrifices, do not qualify to lead. Many who drop out of ministry are sufficiently gifted, but have large areas of life floating free from the Holy Spirit's control. Lazy and disorganized people never rise to true leadership. Uh, and uh, if you go down to the bottom of that page, it continues by saying, The emerging leader will, without reluctance, undertake the unpleasant task that others avoid or the hidden duty that others evade because it wins no public applause. As the Spirit fills his life, he learns not to shrink from the difficult situations or retreat from hard-edged people. He will kindly and courageously administer rebuke when that is called for, or he will exercise the necessary discipline when the interest of the Lord's work demands it. He will not procrastinate, but will prefer to dispatch with the hardest tasks first. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like, well, discipline is the, I shouldn't say to me, right, biblically, right, as we're going to look at uh, what God looks for in those that he calls to leadership, it is that we are disciplined people. Uh, and, and when I look at this first uh, uh, essential for discipleship, this essential for leadership, uh, we have to make sure that we as leaders, as life group leaders, have a, a, a regimen, a disciplined regimen in our life. And it is making sure we're waking up at, at the right time, making sure that we're getting in our time with God and our time in, in prayer with God uh, and that we're taking time to pray for the people in our life groups. I mean, how can we be life group leaders if we aren't leading our group through prayer? I mean, even those fundamental spiritual disciplines. Uh, and then after that, it's like we got to be hard workers in our own lives, hard workers in our own families, and it takes a great amount of discipline. And one of the areas that I looked at here and said, man, wouldn't it be great if all of our life group leaders and all of your pastors were really, really great at kindly and courageously administering rebuke when it is called for? And, and how many times in our own life groups do we see people who need to be, uh, who need to be led and who, need, who are doing something right, that, that would not be... Uh, adhered to as good, godly, biblical, or even wise. And we often shirk back because we don't want to deal with the uh, ramifications, the pushback uh, of, of what that kind of conversation would have. But a disciplined person is going to see that this is of godly importance. This is of gospel importance. And it is of our own integrity to be able to address our people in our life group leaders with kind and courageous rebuke, right? The kind that says, I want to restore you and I want to help you walk in a way where your faith is going to grow. Uh, but without discipline, what we're going to do instead is to say, maybe that's not my job, or maybe I don't really want to have that conversation. I'm not ready for that. Or it's been a really long day and I'm tired and that's just going to be a hard conversation. But you have been given a stewardship to lead your group. Uh, and there's no one better in that context to speak into their life than you who have been around them on a regular basis. And so uh, as we look at those pages, I just want us to focus on that one and look and see how can we make sure that our lives are more disciplined so that we are more profitable uh, for discipleship here at our church. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Hayden. Welcome to uh, Life Group Leaders. We have a few announcements. Uh, first, as you know, we opened the bookstore a few weeks back, and as promised, the new books have arrived. So we have a variety of different books Let's go. that you and your life group and other people can purchase 
at the bookstore. So go ahead on Sunday when the bookstore is open, uh, take a look at what the different resources that we are providing. These have been read through and vetted by Pastor Hayden and I and think would be a huge benefit for you. But also, there won't be just books. As you know, there's the shirts that you can buy as well. But also, Pastor Hayden's very excited about <laughs> our brand new Compass hats. That's right. We have two kinds of hats. They're both, uh, they're, you can buy either one of them. But gender neutral? Gender neutral hats, if but you will. But one's more masculine. But one's more masculine. That's just because we wanted to have hats for everyone uh, to buy. And so you can purchase those there at the bookstore this week. We, we expect they'll sell out pretty fast, so make sure you get yours as soon as possible. And we are really excited to be able to give you uh, some more uh, swag to wear out in the community uh, to remind yourself and other people of the need to be a part of a good Bible teaching church. That's why we do that. That's it. Reach, teach, Reaching, and train. And teaching, and dream. Even with Everything the Everything we do, even our hats. Well, also, we are coming up to our final kids camp, Camp Compass, Woo! our VBS camp. And, man, I'm excited for you guys to see the church. It doesn't look like our building. It looks like, um, Australia. Um, looks like I'm out in the outback. There you go. Or or if you're upstairs in the ocean. In, in the outback ocean. Outback in, in the ocean. <laughs> the all right, before Ooh. he falls some more. But yeah, we have still room open. This is for incoming first to fifth graders coming up on this Tuesday. It is not too late to sign up. So encourage, uh, text your life group people, reach out to the community, and let's get as many kids in here to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ um, here at Camp Compass. And Pastor Hayden, you've been working hard on mm. planning the, the student camps. So That's a couple right. updates. We have Revival 2022 coming July 22nd through the 24th here in New Braunfels. We have a lot more students registering. We're excited for that. But we want you to make sure that you remind, 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 remind uh, the parents in your group to sign their kids up for Revival because we are going to be opening up the Bible and talking about the Word of God, which is just interesting because that's what we just spent our whole time on this podcast talking about. We're going to be talking about that word of God to our students so they can leave uh, completely trusting and having confidence in the word of God and how they can take God at his word. So make sure that you you uh, make sure that your people and students are involved in praying for this or being involved with this personally uh, whether that's serving or having their kids here at camp. We're going to do a lot of fun things, playing laser tag, we're going to Slitterbond. We're going to be having a blast. They're going to be in host homes. Their leaders are super equipped and awesome leaders who are ready to pour into them. And we just expect this to be a great week, and we don't want anyone to miss. All right, guys, we're so grateful for your leadership. I was just thinking today how much I love you guys and how much I, I care about the, the, your lives and just how fruitful your ministry has been here at Compass. And I, my heart just is uh, overwhelmed often by just how grateful I am for you. So my encouragement for you is to keep on keeping on and let's uh, make sure that we continue getting into God's Word, growing in our faith, that we can be uh, glorifying to God, that we can be growing in our own faith with God, and we can be leading other people in the light of Christ. And I look forward to seeing you guys this weekend uh, and throughout the next week. <laughs> <laughs>